You are listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast with Dr. K, episode number 88. Welcome to the Extraordinary Events Podcast, where we aim to educate, inspire, and empower individuals who wish to design transformational experiences. Now, your host, event education champion, Dr. Kristen Mallet. In the Intro to Events class, students have to show mastery of the design thinking process. Students are able to show this mastery in a variety of different ways, such as designing a training video, a game, or even a podcast. They are able to choose any topic and organize their activity in any way that they want, as long as they follow this design process. These student-created podcasts have offered so many insights into what students are thinking and experiencing that I have decided to take two Thursdays a month to feature these works of art. I hope you enjoy today's student-created podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Events Podcast. My name is Matt Dews, and I would like to thank Dr. K for allowing me to be on the podcast today. I recently had the chance to talk with Christina Kruger from the Club Management Association of America. Ms. Kruger and I chatted about the recent CMAA World Conference and her experience of helping to move the conference from an in-person experience in Tampa Bay to one in a virtual setting. We talked about not only her experience shifting the conference online, but also other events that she has been a part of in her role as the Member of Communities and Student Development Manager. Hope you all enjoy our chat. For those people who aren't super familiar with CMAA, before COVID and before we moved it online, what would conference have looked like in Tampa Bay this year? Sure. So, you know, every year we have our world conference, it's always in a different city. And, you know, the year before we were in Grapevine, Texas, and then this year was supposed to be Tampa, Florida. It's always a week long and, you know, there, we have it for on a credits perspective and education for our professional members, um, members that are trying to go for their CCM and other certifications it can, it's just super helpful on an education standpoint for our professional members to go and to attend the different education sessions that we have. Now, with that being said, I run the student program. So we have, it's usually two or three days, about two and a half days of education for students. And some of the, we'll have four, let's see, the year before it was going to be four education sessions. Um, And so if we were in Tampa, it would have been four as well. And, you know, we were in Texas, uh, that was the first conference that I was ever a part of. And so I kind of watched everything and, and helped out as much as I could being the newbie. I think I joined like three months prior, but it was a very remote resort. It was the Gaylord in Grapevine and there wasn't a lot around it. Um, we had a networking event actually that was, a, I think it took us an hour by bus to get there. That, and that was like the closest club nearby. But Tampa, there was many, many clubs that were nearby that uh, convention center. So we were, uh, the students, we were planning on having two, uh, two tours for, or like club tours for our students. Our student networking event was supposed to be at one of the clubs. And, it, you know, usually we always have a student networking event. We'll have, you know, the four education sessions. We have like the career fair opportunity for them. And then there's a couple different things that students can get involved in that are like the professional membership or members can be involved in too. So there's a lot going on at conference and it's really just a week of like pure networking and super, just super fun times, different opportunities for 
professional membership or professional members to network with one another, to network with the students that we have. Uh, we have usually always have a mentorship program, which we did have this past year, even though it was virtual. We did a really good job of making it similar to what it would have been in Tampa, but it's the whole, the whole people aspect got taken out, which is, I mean, I feel like this whole past year, the, you know, the interaction, human interaction has been taken out of everything, but that was honestly, that was probably the biggest difference. Everything else pretty much stayed the same. So, I mean, as you said, there were a lot of things that stayed the same. I feel like some things with kind of taking stuff online, there has been some strengths. It's been easier to connect with some people where I know like with our student chapter, it was super easy to connect with a couple other ones that we hadn't talked with and kind of network with them. So what do you think were some of the strengths that between like both in-person might've had and some of the strengths of the virtual version that we ended up having? So in-person, the strengths of that is that everything is right there. So you talk about immediate satisfaction. If you are at the, our coffee stand, which is where everyone normally navigated anyway in between sessions, you could pick up a random conversation with anyone, student to student, professional member to student member. And it was, it was easy on that point. So strength of in-person is that you get that interaction as hospitality professionals. And I got my degree in hospitality and event management. That's, that's what we want. That's what we thrive off of is the, the human interaction. But I will say on a virtual perspective, we actually had more students register this year for, for conference because they could afford it. And, you know, it helped that registration for students this past year was $25 over it being $200, but there was no extra cost for travel. There was no extra cost for hotel. There was no extra cost for food and beverage. So, you know, we got way more students participating because of the fact that it was virtual and they could. And that's kind of been the the cool part I think about, you know, conference, but also like just CMA in general and opportunities for students, you know, we've Zoom is a huge thing, which I know everyone's really tired of, but we've had, you know, student chapters in Florida that have been doing club tours in California. When would they have ever been able to do that before or even thought about it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, FaceTime has always been a thing, but no one actually thought of that as an avenue to tour a club. Now everything has to be virtual. And because of it, everyone's been able to do club tours at many other clubs that they would have never even thought to reach out to before. So there are definitely pros and cons to both. I think just on a, again, on a human interaction, we all, we all want to be in person because of that. But on an education standpoint and getting people involved, I really think that virtual has been super helpful this year, just having everything be online. And yeah, I definitely agree with you on that point. Cause I remember there was one CMA event where there was a club tour of Tara Edie in New Zealand. And I would have never even dreamed of being able to see a New Zealand club or getting to connect with that general manager. So there definitely has been some great things with both. So kind of going off that point, do you think you're going to keep any of the benefits of the online virtual stuff, no matter whether conference takes place in person or online in the future? I think so. I mean, this was definitely a learning experience for all of us. We have never done anything online before. A couple of our BMIs that CMA have, which is business management institution, the like for our education for our professional members, all of them have been online. I want to say fall was the first, the first BMI that we normally have in person. 
They're usually always in person. That was CMAA's first event, if you will, that went virtual. So we had like dipped our toes in virtual planning, but it, you know, nothing really compared to what conference turned out to be. And we had never done something to that extent before. But I do think because there were more people that were able to be involved because it was virtual, I do think that there will be aspects of it that continue to be virtual. If we're able to meet in person, which I just have a feeling that we will be by next February, we'll definitely be in San Diego. Like that's, you know, we're all crossing everything unless something else crazy happens, which I'm not going to put it past this world right now, but unless something crazy happens, like we're going to be in San Diego. But even if we're in San Diego, where I just have this sneaking suspicion that we're going to be doing some things online. So it is more, more people can attend. That's the whole point is that we want people to get involved. We want people to learn. And if this is another way that we can provide that, then we're going to do everything that we can to have it. I know I definitely am looking forward to San Diego and Orlando the following year with the warm weather. Me too. So yeah, it definitely Uh would be really cool if there's well, if students can do stuff virtually if need be, if they can't get there because of classes or stuff. And hopefully there's more education stuff online. You touched on, you guys hadn't, you dipped your toes a little bit in the virtual planning, but not a whole lot. What do you think were some of your biggest challenges for moving from Tampa to the interwebs? Um, I think at least for myself, I think that we waited so long to try to see if we could make it to Tampa. We didn't really make the decision until I think November, maybe the end of October. But that for me, I, I'm not type A, but I am like close, I'm closest to type A where like, I, I want to know what's going on. So I have, I can plan and I can make sure that I can program a, accordingly. Um, And so I think the, maybe a little bit of the last minute part kind of threw us for a loop because we start planning for this. I mean, we've, I've already started planning for San Diego. So a year or more in advance. Um, And I think, you know, only having a couple months to put together something that is virtual that we've never done before, I think was the, the hardest part. We did a really good job. There was a, a couple of the education sessions, not for students, but for our professional members were pre recorded. So that was helpful that we didn't have to worry about like the tech part of it, that we could pre-record and then, you know, put it on our, our platform and everyone could watch it. And then right after we had, most of them always had a continuing the conversation that second half hour after, and people could go in and immediately start talking to the speaker. So they were there, but like it was pre-recorded. So that part made it definitely a little bit easier, but I think on a challenging perspective, it always challenging just for everyone in a different way. But, you know, our goal was always the same. The goal is always education. The goal is always community. And I feel like every department did a really good job of just relaying to our members that like, we're going to do this. We're going to have this. It's going to be okay. And I think just for events in general, as long as that communication is always there and we're communicating with our members like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to have this. It's going to be great. It's going to be okay. And that positive attitude, even though we may be feeling a little like drowning a little bit, as long as we're like spewing out the positivity, we we always knew it was going to work out. But I think the last minute flip was probably for everyone. We just felt like, oh, if we had just one more week, then it would have been even better. But in actuality, it all ended up working out in the end anyway. And I mean, it's always going to be that no matter what event you plan is if you always had one more week or one more day. For sure. So say COVID-20 comes around next year, two months before San Diego. Is there anything that you think that you would do differently planning wise, shifting stuff online? 
That would really throw me for a loop. I was just talking to my boss yesterday about all the, the new things that I want to do for like our student program in San Diego. And if all of that had to go virtual, I would, I'd cry. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. I mean, I might, but it would all work out differently though. I don't think that we would do anything different. I think because for the most part, everything is, everything is the same in the sense, all the speakers would have been selected already. We already had them all of the, the schedule would have already been put together. So we already knew what was going to be where it would really just be, okay, cool. Let's, you know, get our online platform back up, which I think actually going back to your last question, that might've been the most challenging part was the online platform. I actually didn't even see it until a couple of weeks prior to comfort. And so learning it and then being able to explain was, was challenging in itself. I think that would probably be the hardest part if two weeks before conference, we got our 2.0 of COVID. I think that would be the most challenging part is to get that platform back up there and have everything put on. Not to say that we couldn't do it. And, you know, if worst came to worst, and I mean, this wouldn't be my decision, but we could always push it back another like week or two. If it was going to be virtual anyway, then, you know, what's another week push back just so we could get all of our all of our ducks in a row. I think just on a, on a scheduling standpoint, on making sure speakers are selected, that wouldn't be too, too challenging because we already had it. It would have really just been organizing how our viewers are going to see it online and in such a short period of time. I, I think I underestimate the world of technology. And when I say I think, I mean, I know that I do. There's a lot of stuff about technology that I, I don't know. And to a certain extent, I never want to know because the, it's so intense. It's definitely good to, to know and be able to pivot in that way. But that would definitely be the most challenging part is just to get everything virtual again in two weeks. Ooh, that gives me stress just thinking about it. <laughs> well, hopefully you don't have to worry about pivoting that quickly again in a world that we've had to pivot so much in the past year. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Hopefully I get to see you in person and we can have another conversation in person in San Diego next February. Thank you again for talking with me and thanks everyone for listening in. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.